Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hi and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Una. I'm Nav. And we're back for another week of EastEnders discussions. How are you, Nav? I'm good, yeah. A little concerned though. Like we say we're back, but how much longer have we got of, of EastEnders? Well, I don't know because I don't really have the internet at the moment. So you're going to have to update me on the EastEnders news. I have breaking, non-breaking news, which is that uh, 16th June, I think, has now been confirmed as the last episode. Ah, that's really soon. That's it. That's nine days. Wait, that's really weird as well, because that's not a Monday or a Tuesday. Wait, am I right about that? No, I'm wrong about that. That is a Tuesday. Is it a Tuesday? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I Did, did you think this day would come? I, In my mind, I was always like, they're going to be able to make it stretch. Yeah, I just sort of felt like it wouldn't happen. It's unthinkable. Well, there is some good news, though. So they're going to replace the normal episodes with classic episodes. And also they're doing some kind of Stacey Dooley-fronted program where she looks at classic moments and interviews the actors. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Is Stacey Dooley a big EastEnders fan? I don't know. I think the BBC are a little bit obsessed with her, so they get her to do everything. Literally everything. Yeah, I mean, let's not talk about comic relief. Let's just not go into it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <Anyway>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what are we going to do? Well, I feel like I'm going to gonna give it to you to make our announcement on our, on our future plans. Well, we are. We have literally just decided... <laughs> Uh, we're just going to carry on doing the podcast, but we're going to talk about the classic episodes. It's going to be amazing. Woohoo! Classic episode, get out of my pod. I mean, it's sort of what we always plan to do, except now we don't have to like actually go and find the classic episodes and like watch them off our own backs. We can just turn on the TV. It's going to be beautiful. Do we need to change the name of the podcast for that period or keep it the same? To what? Get out of my classic pod. Yeah! Woo! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know if they're taking requests, but I've got a few. few. If they don't do Sharon Gate, because have you seen Sharon Gate? Um, Is that the one in the pub where they play the recording? Mm, That's the one, yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen it. Like, I think I may have seen it when it came out. Wait, was I even alive? When was it? Was it in the 90s? (laughs) Yes. You... You've been alive the whole of EastEnders, <laughs> almost the whole of EastEnders duration. Not quite. Um, yeah, no, I think a lot, I might have seen it when it came out, but I definitely haven't watched it since. Well, exciting times. We're going to carry on the podcast. I think the Walford Weekly podcast as well, I was listening to there, they're going to, they haven't quite decided, so. It might be the last podcast standing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no pressure. No pressure, no pressure. Um, shall we? It was a big week uh, last week. Shall we get into it? Yes. Okay. So, I, by the way, Una and I haven't discussed our thoughts on any of the episodes last week, particularly like the point of view episode. So, this is going to be a revelation for both of us. So, yeah. Normally, like I'll text Nav a little bit, like while I'm watching it or something. But I, um, yeah, obviously can't do that at the moment. So we're just going in blind. This is exciting. So, did you think it was good, bad, okay? I loved it. I loved oh, one wow. episode. Oh wow! 
as you know, I love a special episode of EastEnders where they like do loads of weird yeah. stuff. I love it when it's like focused on one person. I really enjoyed it. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings. What did you like about it? Well, okay, I just I liked the uh, I liked the the sound effects, the music, like the general soundscape. Um, I thought Max Bowden was amazing. Um, I liked the way they brought in uh, Lola and Jay, and there was like the unexpected bringing up of Lola's abortion, which I thought was quite smart. Um, lots of good, lots of good drama. I enjoyed the heist. I mean, it was ridiculous, of course. <laughs> I'll give you that. But um, I I was entertained. Yeah, so I'm with you on a lot of that. There's one key thing, though, that I do have an issue with. So I think as an episode, if it was just billed as like a norm, like not normal episode, but just a kind of special one officer episode, I'd be like, yeah, this is quite exciting. It's quite interesting. The thing that slightly bugs me was that it was also supposed to be like an awareness raising thing of like how deaf people might experience the world etc when they're going on their like warehouse heists well there's that and also there was all the background music so it's a bit like why bother with like the sound effects like of ben you know experiencing the world as a person with hearing loss and then overlay it with all that music yeah i mean i haven't really seen any of the kind of like advertising or the social media like the stuff surrounding the episode so i mean if it was supposed to be a kind of like this is what it's like to be deaf can you imagine (laughs) episode um i mean i'm not deaf so i don't i don't know what that would feel like to watch a deaf person i feel like that wasn't to me it didn't jump out as like the key theme of that episode to me yeah, no, definitely. I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It did require a suspension of disbelief a bit more than extra. Like there was a scene where Ben gets his gun and it's in a pillowcase just by the side of a cupboard. And it's a bit like, I swear you'd hide a gun better than that. Oh my God, I would clean that up in a second. Like you'd just be like sitting in the room and you'd be like, what's that pillowcase doing down the side of that cupboard? I guess I'll just put it away. Yeah, <laughs> right. You wouldn't Ridiculous. just leave it there. Also, there was the scene where they're running away from Danny and his gangster oh mates. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't believable. I mean, there was a lot of that in it. So the one of the biggest things for me was when Ben went to the Albert and drank an entire bottle of whiskey. And then yeah. just wasn't wasn't at all drunk for the rest of the episode. Walked out like totally fine, and then got in the car and like just ev- like drove all the way. Did a good getaway drive from the police um, after one whole bottle of whiskey. Well, this is the thing that's been bugging you about EastEnders in general. So I think for this episode, like it's fun, like you because it's so much fun and because it's interesting, you can suspend your disbelief. But I do think there is a theme of like EastEnders recently just not bothering with like the small details and just thinking we'll go along with it. And it's like, well, yeah, yes, totally. for this episode, I'll go along with it. I think there's a big thing that I've been thinking of um, in because I've seen so many people make comparisons to EastEnders in the 90s versus EastEnders now. And like a lot of people are getting increasingly like frustrated with how EastEnders is now and I think not all of the I don't agree with all of the criticisms but the big thing that I've been noticing is that like you know EastEnders has always been like has required a certain level of suspending disbelief has always been a little bit ridiculous on some level but the heart of it has it's always been about relationships between people 
Um, right. And so you had so many more storylines that were just about a friendship or a relationship or like an affair and that would they really kind of like go into the emotional detail of that. And now it sort of feels like the relationships have been put to one side and there's just like more and more like high drama and like thriller kind of storylines coming into it. And it's not and it kind of detracts from like the relationships between the people. Yeah, exactly. And you think of like storylines from last year. So obviously there was the kind of Shiano story, which by itself was one of those stories about relationships, etc. But obviously it culminated in all this gangster stuff. And then there was the whole kind of Martin and dealing with like, you know, his divorce from from Stacey again that ended up in him trying to kill Keanu. Like and so it's a bit like I I don't mind it happening like on the odd like occasion here and there. Um, like I actually like the way they resolve like the Mel uh, storyline like by itself because in the end it was just about her grief and that that I think they dealt with that well. So yeah. I do think you can still have like high drama but not go completely insane. Um, I, I, look, I thought the episode was fun, but but I, I agree with that assessment that maybe like modern EastEnders does do too much now of that kind of like thriller type like action. Yeah, and it makes it harder and harder to kind of relate to it i mean it's all right if you don't relate to eastenders like in a lot of ways it doesn't connect to real life but um yeah it does sort of feel like more and more abstract do you um actually so with the talking of then the part of the episode which was a bit more grounded in in reality so do you think ben's reaction to lola was i fair appropriate etc <laughs> yes i think it was totally fair and appropriate and <laughs> absolutely <laughs> great way to uh treat the mother of a child <laughs> i'm sensing sarcasm there <laughs> i thought it was interesting because i don't know if you remember when lola and ben first came back on the square when when ben was new ben and right like she was scared of him there was like something right. there was like an uh, there was quite an abusive dynamic going on between them and that came back um in this episode where he was like quite physically rough with her like very angry with her really kind of like taking out his own frustration with himself by like trying to destroy the nice things she has in her life right right and actually in my notes one thing that i've written down to to make sure that i mention the podcast is um ben's a prick like j- like i was thinking about <laughs> new ben's like trajectory from his like reintroduction onto the square so there was obviously you mentioned it already the you know him and Lola at the beginning being a prick to to her now and then there's obviously various other things like he did to Martin etc but there's also then the complete hypocrisy of him basically like uh being the start of Whitney's kind of spiral into like being on a murder charge um and because he broke up like you know, Callum and Whitney. Now, obviously, this, it's more complicated than that. But at the same time, you're a bit like, surely you should have a bit more humility about Lola's, like, small, like, transgression versus you, like, getting with someone who's engaged and constantly encouraging them. Um, not even saying, like, oh, you know, you should come out. you constantly sleeping with them while, he's, while they're engaged. Like, it's a bit like, you're a massive prick. He is a prick, yeah. I mean, it did make me think this episode that maybe they're not redeeming Ben. Like, is he? He's just becoming his dad. 
Well, but you know what I think they're doing, which is exactly the same as they do with Phil. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, I, Phil is also a prick, but they'll have these moments. So, like, remember, we've been talking the last few weeks about, like, nice Phil. And I yeah. think this is what they're doing with Ben, is that every so often they'll, like, give you glimpses of his, like, vulnerability and niceness. And then we'll go, like, oh, it's, you know, and then you'll have those, like, stupid scenes where, like, Sharon, um, in fact, like, maybe we'll talk about that, actually. Like, what do you think of the scene between Sharon and Callum in, in the pub? Um, I thought it was really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, just Sharon. She's just like so. Um, I don't know what it is. Brainwashed or something. It was just so sad. Well, it doesn't fit in with what's happened to me. Did from what my perspective as well. In that she got with Keanu because she just didn't like a lot of aspects of like Phil's lifestyle etc and who Phil was and then suddenly she's going on a, and and also she was obsessing over Dennis um not Dennis the boy Dennis her ex-husband yeah a dead husband rather um and now she's suddenly like oh my god there's no love like a Mitchell love you're like what are you talking about yeah this is sort of what I mean like the reality of the of what we know of the characters and their relationships just seem to be subordinated to the storylines at the moment rather than kind of driving the storylines and not, and it's just making it like a little bit uh confusing to watch the show at the moment yeah exactly and like and particularly in in that case like subordinate to the myth of the the Mitchells when it's a bit like well the best moments I've seen is when that kind of myth is is burst a little bit by other strong characters so like Sharon's yeah. a good example of that I mean to be fair though Sharon does just kind of go on this cycle of just like standing up to Phil and like wanting to make her life better and then she just like collapses and panders to him so in a way like it it does make sense it's just a bit um it's just kind of you never know what's which side of the coin she's gonna be on yeah no do you know what by the way i've just realized but we can do it now um or we can do it at the end do we want to check our predictions now or at the end oh yeah let's check our predictions what was yours well mine was that uh ben would have to choose between phil and callum around the high stuff and initially i was going to say it didn't happen but in some respects after tuesday's episode you can kind of say it did happen, right? Like he had to, Callum was like onto him and he, Phil basically said to, to Ben, like Callum can't know anything. So when the moment came where he could have told Callum the truth, he didn't. So could you say yeah. that's him choosing <laughs> Phil? Uh, Long term, I think that's like the storyline that's happening. And maybe for now he has chosen Phil. Yeah. Well, always trying to have his cake and eat it, which yeah. is obviously not going to work out very well for him. <laughs> I but. mean, we we both thought that the, this wasn't my prediction, but we both thought that the heist was going to go wrong, didn't we? And it kind of did and kind of didn't. Well, yeah, we also got such, I, I, to be honest, I don't mind it actually, but like we got very little detail of the actual heist, even in the, in the run up as well. I kind of looking back and thinking we didn't know an awful lot of what the plan was and the way they did it they just cut to a scene by the way actually (laughs) here's a question you know actually do your prediction then we'll go back to the episode what was yours from last week uh mine was that sharon's gonna take the baby back and karen's not leaving Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'd say 95 percent it happened yeah yeah we haven't got the confirmation yet but um i reckon it's pretty spot on yeah, it was. I just want to. St- I just want to go back to the heist briefly because I think yeah. we can. We're going to discuss the Sharon baby stuff in more detail. But um, right, so they're at they're at a warehouse, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're where? Yeah, there was a warehouse. Yeah. 
So what room was Phil in when Ben found him? Um, some sort of like bar in <laughs> in a in like a shipping yard warehouse. Why is there a bar there? <laughs> I don't know. It's like Danny Hardcastle's headquarters or something, maybe. It's so weird. It's so weird because it was like proper like I think they just used like this corner of rubies, like the set of rubies to so. to film that bit. There was a point when I was watching it, I was like, this is so clearly inside a studio. It's like we've had this conversation before, I think, about how like sometimes they used to film off location, on location, whatever it is, like not on the set, basically. And now it's like right. they really I don't know if it's a budget issue, but <laughs> they really seem to like not be up for travelling to film in different places. Well, do you know what? I think that's a really interesting question about the budget stuff. For all these like small details that I'm finding a little bit irritating, and that they're that they're not like you know properly resolving. Is do you think it is a budget thing in general? I don't know. Uh, probably, probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's either a budget thing or just kind of like deprioritization of the quality. But yeah, but then I'm wondering. Like viewers, don't they? For EastEnders, surely they should be like that. Should be high priority. But maybe they're taking it for granted in that, like they'll always, they'll never go below a certain number of viewers, so they can just kind of take it for granted. But then I actually saw something recently, which is that the BAFTA uh, TV nominations came out, and EastEnders aren't even nominated in the continuing <gasps> drama category. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Wow! There are consequences, EastEnders. Yeah, it'd be game, guys. Yeah, we've gone. I've gone a little bit all over the shop. I think that was my fault, but I've got another question about the heist. Yeah. So right, Danny. Like, so they've stolen all of this money off Danny Hardcastle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. Danny Hardcastle get arrested or not? Yeah. Well, I, I think we're supposed to think yes because I I found that irritating in the Tuesday Tuesday's episode where it's like, are you not worried about any comeback? Because like, because he knows where you live. <laughs> he knows yeah. like, everything about you. There's no, like they can't they're not hiding i mean he was literally in phil's kitchen the week before and he's got absolutely no like contacts or mates that can come and get that money back from phil who has no protection whatsoever yeah it's really lazy it's really it's so really lazy also i don't know if there were any arrests because didn't jack say in the cafe when he was like telling callum about the robbery that there weren't any arrests actually yeah that's a point it's just like so bizarre I don't know. Do you know what? The other thing I've heard is that so they're going to have this gap like uh, before filming resumes and before we get episodes on TV. And there's been talk that they will maybe not like, you know, start a new series of EastEnders, but basically try and revise a few things and maybe resolve a few things. And I really hope they sort some shit out because they are testing the limits of, of my patience on some of this stuff. Do we need to start writing them letters? Yeah. Are we going to be those people? Should we start a campaign? We... And it has to be actual letters, not emails. Yeah. <laughs> we can do a template for everyone. Yeah, we're going to do it. I don't know. I don't I don't want to complain too much cuz cuz it was fun last week's episodes, but um I mean also if I'm honest, like I will pretty much watch EastEnders forever. I don't I really don't know what would have to happen to make me stop watching EastEnders. Although I have to say, actually, so we did the last, sadly, the last um, script reading of EastEnders on Friday. And the script that we did was when Kathy returned and her abusive like husband was like terrorizing the square I realized I don't think I watched EastEnders for about six months around that time because (gasps) I just couldn't remember any of it. 
Wow, that wasn't even that long ago now. Yeah, but I just don't think like that EastEnders can take for granted that everybody will continue watching. Like if it gets really bad, I could stop for a bit. Yeah, I think most people will. I'm just saying that on this particular issue, I have no standards. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do a podcast with you, so we're a bit stuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What will we do on our weekend? Well, hopefully one day we'll actually be hanging out with each other. But anyway, that's yeah. that's a separate discussion. All right. Well, the heist was entertaining, but it was stupid. Should we talk about some other storylines? It was stupid. It was stupid. You so you've well, you've obviously touched through your prediction on the Sharon and Caden and Karen stuff. So, I mean, it went where you we thought it was going to go. Do you think they did it well? Uh, yeah, I they did it pretty much kind of how I thought they would do it. Yeah. But I actually thought that Phil was going to be more of a driving force in that. I kind of thought that he would be like really into having the baby and then maybe he would like try and persuade Sharon to go and get the baby. But it looks like it's going to sort of torpedo the Vic plan, which is what you've always been predicting. Yeah, as I say, I thought it was always too neat. The whole like Phil, Sharon get back together, the return to their spiritual home, etc. So <clears throat> you know what my, my, okay, so I'm going to do my prediction now. I will mention it at the end, but I'm going to do it now. Are you ready? Do it. Yeah. So I think Phil and Sharon will still potentially buy the pub, but they will get uh, the tailors, Karen and Mitch, maybe through an in with Billy to manage and live at the pub. Oh my God, Billy. I totally hadn't thought about that connection. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I really want this to happen. Well, because they've got no money, right? So I was thinking, well, the other option is that they don't buy the pub, but they run the pub and live at the pub. Yeah, because Sharon's got a newborn baby now, so. There you go, right? Boom. Will Will this be like the making? Will this be the making of Keegan? Oh, Keegan. Poor Keegan. Poor what do you Keegan. reckon about this? Uh, Keegan Keegan moving to Croydon. I like ultimately, obviously, like I'm on Keegan's side. Like, if and and when I say I'm on Keegan's side, that basically means I'm an anti-racist. So that's <laughs> a given. But also. Bloody hell, that was cruel to Tiffany. Oh like, my god, yeah. So, so cruel. Oof, oof, poor Tiff. I just like, why would you not say anything? Yeah, I do think that it's actually a good idea for him to get a bit of a break. Also, like, there's some other black people in Croydon, so it might be a little bit less jarring for him. <laughs> Apparently there aren't any in East London. <laughs> well, actually, on which note, Winston got some lines in the Point of View episode, oh which was god, fun. Oh my god, yeah. I saw that. So exciting. Um, it was fun. So I, do, I think overall the plan wasn't a bad one. But yeah, wow. Just not even going to mention it to your wife. Okay. And the thing is, is that despite everything that like, I've thought about Tiffany messing certain stuff up, I don't think she's done anything that egregious that she wasn't worth a conversation. Yeah. And he's not really tried to have that conversation with her as well. You know, obviously like... Black people shouldn't have to endlessly educate white people about racism. But if you are going to marry a white person, you probably have to like prep yourself for some of those conversations. You know, one thing we, we haven't ever spoken about, and I don't want to speak about this in a way that diminishes like his experience as a black person, but also, you know, Keegan's, a, a well, as, as we understand it, is, is a man. And, and, uh, and I just wonder the extent to which like, they've deliberately kind of like written in you know him not necessarily always communicating i'm not saying that would have resolved or was all the issues um 
But do you think that's been deliberate? Like they've played on this idea that maybe he hasn't always done the best to, to communicate or am I reading yeah, too maybe. much into that? Yeah, I think that he's like shutting down and and kind of not like, yeah, not opening up to Tiff about his feelings and experiences. Yeah, as I say, I don't think that excuses any of like the treatment and experience that he's had, but I do, I am actually going to be down on him for not speaking to, to Tiffany about literally just, because it was that afternoon, he was just going to disappear. Like So harsh, so harsh. What is he going to do now though? They're not even going to Croydon probably. Well, I don't know what he's going to do because obviously the way they've written it, he's going to have to stay on the square because I don't think, unless the next episode is him going like, I'm going to go anyway. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Wow. Poor Tiff. Do you think it's the end of Tiff and Keegan? Nah, I feel like they're like they're going to be a big long-term relationship. That's what I think. Yeah, but I'm just trying to think the way out of this situation, right? Because they, they need to have some kind of resolution and it's got so bad now that it's not going to be resolved in like an episode or two. I think Denise is going to like sort it out. She's going to mediate them back to mm. being in love. <laughs> I forgot about wise wise Denise. Actually, wise Denise. can I just pick that up then? What what did you think of I mean, I'm a little concerned the extent to which they're using D- Denise as the square agony aunt because there was that scene between her and Sharon at the bar. But yeah. what did you make of that that scene? What with her and Tiff or with No, her no, and her and Sharon. Her and Sharon. Yeah. Um yeah, it was quite funny. It was like, oh, I remember when I had a baby. I didn't want with your husband. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a bit weird. Like, I wouldn't... Uh, she doesn't know Sharon that well, does she? It's kind of like not really very necessary advice. Yeah, and also I'm trying to figure out the basis of her advice because she made the decision to put the her child up for adoption, but was she implying to Sharon that hers was the wrong decision or the right decision? I couldn't yeah, figure I out. Yeah, I felt like the, uh, the implication was that, like, um, yeah, that Sharon's situation is somehow different. But it didn't really make any sense why. Well, quite. I, to be honest, in some respects, it's kind of good that they've made Denise give some bad advice because I think it, it kind of humanizes her a little bit because she was yeah. becoming this kind of sage, like old woman. But um, yeah. it's a bit like, well, no, she, she also fucked up. So, <laughs> yeah, that was okay. Yeah. So, should we? I mean, we've kind of already talked about the Sharon taking a baby back do you think karen's gonna be like really sad to not have the baby anymore or do you think she's gonna get over it i think karen will be sad but she will get over it because karen always felt uncomfortable about it i think as long as karen gets access to the baby and i think she she will um i guess the only kind of spanner in that would be phil but uh i i think yeah i think karen will will resolve things but um Maybe now she'll have some time to um, parent her two invisible sons. <laughs> Who were going with her to Croydon or weren't? I, I can't remember. I think they were. Yeah, I think the boys okay. and I can never remember their names because they just barely even mention them. The two boys and the dog, I think, were supposed to be going to Croydon with her. Do you know what I'm curious about, just because of the slightly odd way employment, and maybe good way employment works on the square, is that she's obviously like gave her notice at the laundrette and handed the keys back in. Do you think we'll see her working there like in the next episode? No, because she's going to like run the Vic. <laughs> well, that that is definitely going to happen. But I'm just thinking of the slightly like silly 
ways in which like this stuff kind of happens in the square like she it's like the laundrette have haven't bothered to find anyone new so they're going to keep it closed <laughs> and then suddenly it's like oh she's staying she can keep her job yeah i love it i mean maybe she won't be able to keep her job and then she'll need a job and that'll be like part of her getting into the vic who knows well actually so here's my big question who will be behind the bar with her mitch or billy Ah, uh, um, I don't know because now that you've mentioned the like Billy connection with the Mitchells, which I just hadn't even thought about, it does feel like that's going to be the way in. So maybe Billy initially, and it will be like a long love triangle. Who do you want to see Karen with, Billy or Mitch, or Mitch, by herself? 100%, maybe hundred percent Mitch. Yeah. See, I'm I'm Billy. I'm Billy. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Wow. I just think Mitch is selfish as fuck. Like, I don't, like, I think he's seen a woman who has, like, constantly just kind of looked after his children, uh, has forgiven him all sorts of crap, and he's now finally realised that, like, he's maybe been a tosser. And it's a bit like, well, you've kind of, she's not given you any indications that she's interested, but you're still going to do this thing where you're going to try and invert commas steal her from Billy. And you're a bit like, nah, mate, you're a prick. Yeah, it's like classic scumbag ex-boyfriend behaviour, isn't it? <laughs> like, right. I still just like Mitch more, though. Like, he's just... I don't know. He's like funnier. He's more interesting. He's better looking. Like, you know. Well, you say you like Mitch more, but we saw a character that the actor who plays Mitch was playing from a previous episode. <gasps> oh my god! Did you put that clip on our Twitter? I did. I did. That was so crazy. Mitch is a cop. Pass around. Mitch is cancelled. Mitch is cancelled. That was actually funny, but it's mad how much younger he looks. I think that's from 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he did look so much younger. I'd love to see. I mean, maybe it's on YouTube somewhere. I'd love to see a compilation of like um, current characters that have played extras in previous episodes. Well, the the, the biggest example I can think of that, and, and I'd posted it before, was um, Shirley, played by uh, Linda Henry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She actually wasn't even just an extra. She was quite a substantial character in the early 90s. She played, I think, a sex worker that um, ended up staying with with Pat. By the way, can we do a special episode on Pat? Because Pat kind of has got this, like, you know, slightly comedy, like, uh, story about, you know, with her earrings. Like, she's kind of seen as, like, this particular kind of person. But what was interesting about Pat was that she was, I think, a sex worker like back in the day. And that was quite an integral part of her character. And she was kind of vilified for it and all that kind of stuff. And um, she had numerous affairs and stuff. And I just, I think particularly now, it will be quite interesting to do like a reappraisal of, you know, how she was treated as a woman, etc. Let's do it. We should do some like biography episodes, shouldn't we? Because I don't know if you ever do this, but sometimes I look up characters on Wikipedia and like read their whole life story. And it's just amazing if you like look at the cumulative like story of everything an individual character on EastEnders has been through. No one would survive it. Well, quite exactly. I think I've had a sheltered life when I look at the EastEnders. Except for except for like um, Tracy and Winston, who seem to have led pretty <laughs> drama-free lives. Yeah, they're like the normal people on the square. Yeah, well, anyway, talking of like random characters who who show up, we got another appearance of Frankie. Yeah, she just uh, showed up in 
the Albert, just a note on the Albert as well. I love how like whenever Ben's like in an emotional mess, he like loves to go and get absolutely hammered in the bar that his mum owns and runs. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I keep forgetting that Kathy owns it. That's so funny. <laughs> so, I think the other thing that, and we talked about it before the podcast, is how Frankie just randomly shows up and manages to bump into the right characters at exactly the right moment in the script. Right. Is she even real? Is she like a ghost of Christmas past or something? It's really, really <laughs> like a collective, a collective like yeah, ghost that Callum and, and Ben have both invented. I don't know if she's doing some kind of like project on like the gentrification of the East End or something. She's always going around with her Polaroid camera taking photos because she doesn't live there, does she? Well, this is the thing. I really like her. But again, EastEnders put a little effort into giving some story as to why she's in the Albert, why she's in the square. Like, I'm begging you. That's all I want is these like minor details resolved. She didn't even really say anything insightful because again, like because of how insane the heist story was, it stopped being like a storyline about being deaf. So like Frankie then appearing as like, the death mentor character was kind of like, I don't know if you can solve these problems, Frankie. He's just done like a huge illegal heist um, and his boyfriend's <laughs> a cop. And like, he's got all these other problems. I'm not sure it's like just about being deaf at the moment. Well, particularly, as I say, after that episode, which wasn't really bothered about uh, Ben's hearing loss. You know, one thing we just haven't discussed at all, which is, do you think the scene after Monday was a setup for Ben having permanent hearing loss or is it just to continue the storyline until he can have the operation? Uh, well, he lost, he like fully lost that tiny bit of hearing that he had, didn't he, after they um, set the gun off. So yeah. maybe, and like Lexi has been learning sign language and stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's not what we thought was going to happen. We thought it was, he was going to get it all back in the operation. Maybe they don't even know because have they even filmed that yet? Well, and maybe this is an opportunity for them to, to figure it out. Uh, my initial suspicion is uh, that they were initially intending that, you know, even with this point of view episode, he was still eventually going to get his hearing back. Yeah. But maybe they'll take the opportunity to be like, you know what, let's just leave it as it is and we'll make him a, you know, a character that does sign language and can do some lip reading. I have to say, though, and fair enough, he's been a person with hearing for most of his life, so so maybe that's fine. But he managed to disguise, like, the hearing, like, the, the you know, additional hearing loss that he got in Tuesday's episode pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he literally couldn't hear anything. I mean, maybe his lip reading skills have improved. Obviously, he had some practice as a child of, like, disguising his hearing loss for a little while. But... um yeah, it's very, like, inconsistent when he seems to be able to understand people and when he can't. Yeah, I feel like we shouldn't we shouldn't discuss any of, like, the details of EastEnders uh, episodes anymore because they, they just un- unravel. You know what I'm thinking, like, with this break, if they came back in, you know, however long it takes for them to be able to safely start filming and give us some new storylines, if they came back and they just, like, had totally... Like, say they make it so a couple of months have passed in the square and we just haven't seen it and they had a whole set of new storylines. I don't think I'd be particularly sad to see any of these storylines go. <laughs> I don't think there'd be much that I'd be like, oh, I really want to know what happens with this. But you, so does this mean that there's going to be two series of EastEnders? There was like 85 to 1985 to 2020 and this will be series two? 
Oh no. I feel really stressed about what it could like this feels like this could be like the downfall of EastEnders. It could be like it could go down some Hollyoaks route. It's it's make or break really. Like yeah. it, it's this is an opportunity and, and a risk. But they're gonna have to like EastEnders generally maps like real time in terms of like events like, you know, Christmas and Easter and, and other bits and pieces. So they're gonna have to do something about that gap. They can't pick it up exactly where they left off. So I don't know. I'll be fascinated to know how they address that. Are they going to do like flashbacks or are they just going to skip to a new time yeah, frame? I don't know. I think it's just skip to a new time frame. Uh, do you know what? Scrap the Taylors being in the pub. I want the Panasars in the Vic. New, like, <laughs> a new rain on the square. Um, I think Phil can be dead. I'm kind of done with like the ongoing Phil storyline. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up for Phil being dead. Maybe he, he can have a break somewhere, but yeah, I'm not quite up for... Because how many... I don't know. Maybe he should die. Yeah, a know. new era. A new era. Would you be up for Louise coming back? Uh, yeah. I would like Louise to come back. I really... Um, I thought that the actor was like really sort of in her prime when they got rid of her. She's so good at playing that incredibly annoying character. I'd like to see her come back. <laughs> I mean, it's, I've always had mixed feelings about that because she's really good at it, but her being good at it just pissed me off because I hated the <laughs> She was so annoying. Yeah, I was into Super it. annoying. Uh, let's talk about another really annoying person. Uh, we mentioned Ruby last week. Oh, yeah. It's like how awful she was with that whole threesome situation with Max. Didn't get much better this week, did it? No, it didn't, but I am also super grateful that they've broken up. Oh, God. Painful. I don't know why they've made her into this like super ruthless. I- I'm all for people being ruthless to deal with like people who are assholes, and maybe Max deserves it a little bit. But you're just a bit like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, it feels really misguided to me. It feels like they're trying to do this like independent woman storyline, but they're just actually making her like horrible. And those two things do not have to go together. Well, do you know what I mean? I, that's why mostly I'm grateful that they've, she's broken up with Max because at the very least, if if that's the route they're going to go down with the character, then at least make it fun and at least her and Martin would be fun. Yeah, and like, I don't know, it was kind of annoying this whole uh, her having an open relationship with Max. It was like a bit of an annoying like, portrayal of what an open relationship looks like as well. It's just like the absolute worst version of it where you're just like, I'm going to do whatever I want and fuck what you feel about it. Well, this is the other thing as well, right? Like, it's like you would expect like a mature, modern relationship like that to have lots of communication and conversation and consent and all that kind of stuff. You're a bit like, yeah. It's fucking 2020, EastEnders. Come on. Yeah, well, we've seen the way they deal with like drugs on the square. So it's still, <laughs> they've still got a little while to, to catch up. But Do you um, see uh, Dottie and Vinny still, um, still on their little Lenos gas business? in the club <laughs> ruby apparently yeah. is, is fine with it though yeah but i don't remember that happening but maybe it did happen i don't think it did happen they just like brought that in that they've agreed to have them in the club but like fair enough where do you think they're even going with that um dotty and Vinny, like they haven't really developed that any further have they yeah no no i don't know like I, there's a lot of kind of things with Dotty that just aren't really resolving themselves so there was like Dotty and Vinny there was Dotty and Peter a little bit of something going on there and then yeah. there's obviously Dotty and the whole Ian storyline and also Dotty and Bobby and it's like well Dotty's got a lot of 
potential to have like decent episodes centered around her and they've just reduced her to being the drug dealer at the local nightclub yeah i mean they're gonna have to deal with the ian storyline at some point surely well yeah and you know what actually might be fun with the gap is that a lot of these storylines can take an absolute age to resolve themselves so maybe they can like pretend a certain amount of things have happened in the gap and then they can yeah sort it out as soon as like everybody gets back yeah yeah they've got an opportunity here well also the other thing i've just realized is that they're gonna have to re-zoom filming without some of the vulnerable and older characters so i'm just wondering who that means we won't be seeing for a while well i mean we haven't seen dot forever anyway well um, yeah she's left phil <laughs> might have to take a break i don't feel like they've had that many older people around i mean there's patrick um he should not be anywhere near the set yeah agreed and also we don't know who's got like diabetes and respiratory illnesses and all that kind of stuff yeah well maybe stacy dooley will be investigating this for us <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I hope they do proper risk assessments on the square, and that includes Bame as a characteristic of being at risk. So maybe we won't see any of the Bame characters. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey Dooley, this is what we want to know, okay? I hope you're taking notes for your interviews. Yeah, you better be investigating. I think we've wrapped up all the storylines. I haven't got anything else left on my list. No, I haven't. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of storyline this week. I did, I will say, I did love Monday's episode. I was like fully entertained. Um, but yeah, we're we're struggling. We're struggling with we are the, struggling. the details right now. The thing is, while I was in the episode, I really enjoyed it. And then because of this podcast, we have to think about it. And then it started to unravel. Oh my God, are we just ruining EastEnders for ourselves? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> Well, okay, let's keep it fun again. Who was your EastEnder of the week? Uh, my EastEnder of the week was Lexi. What? Yeah, go on. Uh, she's just the cutest, isn't she? She's a great yeah, little actor. Yeah. She's learned sign language. She's adorable. She was very good. And I liked it that there was a connection between her doing the whole like begging sign. And I think she must have taught Phil that as well. Yeah. So like that obviously kind of came to play later in the episode. Yeah, she's so cute. And it also kind of yeah. like, it. there was a little bit of an element of just like the weight of what she has to deal with. She's like constantly sort of having to look after her dad and like baby his emotions and stuff. I know. It's like a little <laughs> mini Lola. Well, talking of which, I do my standard of the week. Yes. Well, I've already basically said it. It's Lola. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought she was just brilliant in terms of like her acting in the episode, particularly that scene between her and Ben in the arches. Oh yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, well done. What's her name? Something Pierce, right? Anyway, mm, but um, no, that is not. Oh, Danielle, Danielle. Danielle, yeah, she was absolutely brilliant. So well done, Lola and Lexi. <laughs> Smashed it. Um, have you got any predictions for our? Is it our last week? No, we've got. What have we got? We've got four more episodes. Four more episodes. Wow. Well, I don't think this is the best prediction in the world, and it's going to be hard to figure out what they're going to fit into the next four episodes. But um, to try and keep it more short-term than, than my longer-term predictions, I think like Martin will end up moving in with Ruby into the house. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, it's not the biggest prediction in the world, but as I say, we've got four episodes, so it's got to be something that can fit into the next four episodes. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm going to go for another short prediction. I mean, I'm struggling to predict stuff at the moment. It feels very all over the place. But uh, I think just Callum's going to start putting together some of the pieces from the warehouse robbery and uh, starting to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. I think Callum's an idiot. Like, he got... (laughs) I mean, he, he obviously figured out some stuff, but at the same time, like what he became a detective in about 30 seconds and like he can't have done that much training. So we'll see. Well, he's obviously passed the intelligence test to get into the police now. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful time to say that. I think we've wrapped up another episode of Get Out of My Pod. <laughs> I think we have. We'll be back next week and the week after to cover... Our last remaining up-to-date EastEnders episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then we got, we're doing classic episodes, so don't worry, listeners. We'll be back after that as well. Yay. Woohoo! All right. Well, keep listening. Keep following on social media, and we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>